and welcome once again to Hiding Under the Desk by me, Helen Redfern. It is another solo podcast from me today. I'd love to say that this was deliberate, but the truth is last week I picked up a headachey kind of virus from my daughter and I just didn't have the energy or the will to sort out interviews. One of my weaknesses, I have a few, (laughs) is with dates and committing to a period of time. Whether that's a haircut that I book months in advance. I mean, when I'm asked by my hairdresser to book my Christmas haircut back in July or June, this does kind of freak me out. So it could be a haircut, it could be a week's holiday. And again, the longer it is in advance, the more it kind of really, I I just have issues with it. Or whether it's a masterclass for my membership or booking in writers or creatives to be interviewed on my podcast. It's not one of my skills. I just seem to really struggle with it and I don't know why. But on the plus side, my solo episodes receive a lot of positive feedback. So I'm seeing this lack of organisation as a positive thing. And thank you to those of you who have sent me feedback. So I thought that this could be the theme for this week's podcast. Organisation. Getting organised. This week, on Monday, I woke up early in order to brainstorm and organise my thoughts, my projects and my tasks for the month of October. I was actually really excited to grab some A3 paper, to grab my purple or blue Sharpie and to start scribbling down everything that was going on in my head and then to make some kind of sense out of it and to put all the different tasks that came out of it onto tiny post-its. Yes, I I probably need to get out more, but I really, really enjoy doing that. This is something I've done for a while and I don't do it every month, but the months I don't do it because I feel I'm too busy and I've got just too much going on and I don't have the time is often a less productive month. It's a practice I adapted from the indie writer Sarah Cannon. Um, She's also got a big YouTube channel and she talks all about her how she uses a Kanban board in order to be more productive and I've adapted that Kanban board and I I call mine a post-it task board because that just makes sense for me and I use one piece of A3 and my journals in order to to be more organized and more productive. I actually filmed the process for YouTube that I did on Monday this week and you can see that on my YouTube channel and I also wrote about it with a related article on Substack where I linked also to a bite-sized course that's available to paid subscribers and this is well it's it's kind of a two-part thing so the 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 video and the article are all about how i take what's on my brainstorming and move that into some sort of order to go onto the post-its 
and the bite-sized course that's available to paid subscribers is all about the bit before that how do I get to the point where I know what my projects are I know what my goal is that is something I use my writing notebook for so if you are interested in that then you can sign up to be a paid subscriber on my Substack and along the top at least on the desktop of my Substack account you can see the bite-sized courses listed there anyway I've gone off on a tangent I didn't mean to talk about that but I thought I'd talk about my organizational process more and the background behind it because quite frankly this practice alongside my writing journal has changed my writing and creative life it has been incredibly important to get me from where i was say five years ago when i was kind of flailing about wondering what i do with my creativity to where i am now where i can confidently say i am a writer I have a mentoring business, I run a membership club, I have a substack, I write on Medium and I'm a YouTuber and podcaster. It might seem a little regimented and there's a lot to be said for being more loose and flexible with your writing. However, if I did this, I know from an entire decade of experience that I'll end up procrastinating. I'll end up getting sidetracked by other projects. I'll end up I'll end up looking what other creatives are doing and then kind of panicking and thinking I should be doing what they're doing and I'm not sticking to my own path. I call this chasing the sparkly and I've been an expert at it for a very long time. So let me give you an example. When I first started to think about how I could turn my passion for writing and being online and admittedly on social media, i.e. Instagram, when I thought about initially how I could turn it into a business, I looked at what people around me were doing. And of course you do. It's entirely natural to check out the competition if you like even if they're not actually competition but it's interesting to see what other people are doing and I, I actually find that quite a fascinating process so I'm not knocking that I'm just saying don't be led by that anyway I saw successful British content creators starting to branch out from their say their initial Instagram account and they appeared to be doing very well whether they'd gone off into writing books whether they'd gone off into creating courses whether they'd become coaches or they were selling their photographs on Etsy or directly through their blog whatever it was they appeared to be doing very well thank you very much and I say they appeared because as I've got older and wiser I know not everything online is as it might appear. And that's when I found the rabbit holes. Down I went, searching for the answers, for the rules, for the best way to do things. After all, these people appeared to be successful. They must have a kind of 
magic formula to follow. And indeed, quite a few people did create courses on their formula. And I actually found quite a lot of these formulas slash courses through Pinterest. And the more I looked, the more I uncovered. And I was told via various bloggers or course creators that the best way to do things was to attract an audience, to niche down and then niche down some more. And even as I say the words niche down, I, I feel myself rebelling against it. I really dislike that phrase. And you get really specific with what it is that you want to do and who your core audience are. So I then created a new website slash blog and I created a new brand. I spent money on books, courses, a new website and so much more. I actually thoroughly enjoyed the process and thinking about that, it's possibly because I felt I had a purpose, I had a focus, I knew the path that I thought I wanted to be on. So I I just kept going. I I knew, I thought I knew where I was going. So I was productive, I was motivated. But then once it was all set up, once I had my nice brand new shiny website, my nice new shiny brand name, I changed my Pinterest account so that it purely focused on what my audience enjoyed, no more what Helen enjoys, but my audience. I sat down at my desk and I thought, oh my God, what have I done? <laughs> I realised I hated what I'd created. I loathed it. It felt dry, joyless, and all the energy I felt about writing just evaporated in a puff of smoke. I'd chased the sparkly only to find it was a dull, dry object. It was not me. It did not serve my creativity, my art, my joy. What I got from writing, you know, creating something from nothing and just enjoying the process and discovering layers and layers of thoughts and ideas and opinions, all that had gone. And now it felt like I was trying to, I don't know how to, to, to describe it, like I was trying to create something that wasn't there, that didn't hold anything for me. I'd been convinced to, to force or coerce my creativity into these rules set by somebody else. And as a writer, as a creative person, it just simply did not work for me. So I unpicked everything I'd done and I felt exhausted, frustrated, and yes, like an absolute failure. And there was quite a bit of embarrassment there as well, that I had gone down this path again. I had once more been distracted by the sparkly and you see, this wasn't the first time I'd done it. I was so cross with myself. And yes, I beat myself up. Now, in hindsight, because isn't it a wonderful thing, I realised by going down these wrong paths, it actually 
gave me insight into who I am as a writer and a creative and I learned a lot from my failures so they weren't actually failures they were trying something out and realizing it didn't work for me but at the time I just felt so frustrated and also it just lowered my confidence each time that I did something like this but it all changed most significantly during the first English lockdown at the same time for mental health reasons I took a big step back from social media from Instagram and it allowed my mind to breathe oh that is so important allowing your headspace to be without all the noise from the internet instead of chasing the sparkly I started to think about what I wanted to do not my audience but what I wanted to do through writing essays on Patreon, through conversations on dog walks with my husband and my children, and through writing and writing in my journal, I realised what it was I wanted to do and how I was going to go about it. I had dreams of writing, creating a community, podcasting and more. So, over the following two and a bit years, I set myself some goals. I wrote an ebook slash workbook called journaling your goals i created a membership club called the confident creative club i took a course and this time it was one that was right for me not for the person i thought i wanted to be about putting together a non-fiction book proposal and i set about writing it all of these projects stemmed from that realization during lockdown about what I wanted to do. And slowly, with tiny steps, I set about turning this dream into a reality. And that's where the brainstorming and the post-its come in. There was no way I could have written a workbook, created a membership, started a newsletter and podcast all at once. No way. That would have led to overwhelm and inevitable inaction. Instead, I focused on one project at a time. I broke the project down into tasks or tiny steps, as I call them, which is where the individual post-its come in. And I focused on one of these post-its at a time. Each month or each quarter, I'll reset, regroup and see where I am with my projects. I'll untangle the jumble of thoughts that had interwoven and become knotted in my mind as the preceding month progressed. And I'll list it out, break it down, and make it visual with the post-its. Moving the post-its from my post-it task sheet, waiting to be done, to the completed page in my tasks completed journal. And it gives me such joy to move that post-it from the sheet into my journal. It's a kind of smugness. It provides me with motivation, which all snowballs to increase my self-belief, which in turn makes me more productive. And this is why organisation is so important to me. I just wish I could do it with dates as well. It makes me more confident and productive and stops me from going off on tangents and getting distracted by the shiny. Like I said, it's changed my life.